0: Everybody. Y'all ready to worship the Lord? Boy, I mean, we're still just left-sided church, ain't we? I'm telling you. <laughs> we, we, poor Roger over all by himself. it would be all right. The Lord still move on you over. But I'm, I'm going to talk about timing, you know. Everybody wants to do stuff in their time, you know, their way, their time, everything. They try to figure out, you know, lay it all out and all oh, this is going to work. But you know what? That's not the Lord's time. You know, and I'm going to use a prime example. You know, uh, I work Friday night, and uh, usually I work till 3 o'clock in the morning before I get off. And uh, me and Oscar was sitting there, and he wasn't feeling that great. He was, you know, he'd done something to his back, and he's all kind of stiff and everything. Well, the the pacer line was in there last night and or Friday night, and they leave at 2.30. So I told Roger, or not Roger, I'm like, Lord's got something to do for you tonight, but... Anyways, I told, uh, I told Oscar, I said, if you want to, if you're not feeling that great, I said, we'll just go ahead and leave at 2.30. You know, I said, they're leaving. They said, it ain't going to make no difference. You know, we don't have to stay for that and other people. They'll be all right. He goes, yeah, I think we need to. Well, when I was leaving, I was coming down Dry Valley, you know, before you get into Charleston, and I seen this big flash of light, and I was like, what in the world is going on? I was like, there ain't no supposed to be no storms or nothing. And I'm 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 looking around. I'm like, well, let's see if it happens again. I drive a little bit more, about 2 3 minutes. Another big flash of light. I was like, what in the world is going on? You don't hear no thunder or nothing. Well, I got on going. I got on the Highway 11 and I crossed the bridge and Bowaters is on fire. I was like, oh my goodness. And I'm sitting there, I said, well, I, I, I pulled over to the side there and I, I called 911, you know, and I called 911 and I was sitting there talking to them, telling them what was going on because that place is abandoned pretty much. They're scrapping it out, you know. And there's still a skeleton crew there. Well, as I'm on the phone with 911, a transformer blows up in right there in front of me. I mean, it was the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. But it just blowed up, you know. But... What I'm getting at is, you know, I felt the urge to go ahead and leave at two thirty instead of three o'clock, you know. And if I hadn't have done that, I might, you know, somebody could have been in there and got hurt and not, you know, it not could have called it in in time, you know. That's what I'm getting at. Because she said they had nobody called in or nothing until I called in, you know. And after when I was getting on the phone with her, she said her phone started ringing. But what I'm getting at is the Lord kind of pressed upon me to go ahead and just leave at 2.30 instead of 3. You know, I could have got some extra money, but, you know, I was like, "Ah, I'm ready to go, let's go, you know. But what I'm saying is we need to live our life living for the Lord in His time, the way He plans out things, you know. It's just like Lisa calling me the other day, you know. I could have put that off, but it didn't. You know, I felt like we needed to go ahead and get that done, you know, some work that needed to be done on her house. It it worked out. Austin had a basketball game on the other side of uh, Eng- Englewood. Yeah, no, not Englewood. Help me out, Etawa. The other side of Etowah, I'm sorry, I just. But what I'm saying is, it all worked out to where we went to that ball game, and I was able to stop at Lisa's and see what was going on. You know, that's timing. That's the Lord's timing. I don't care what you say. That is the Lord's timing. The Lord's timing for me leaving. And being able to call 911 in time, that's the Lord's timing. We have to learn that things ain't going to go the way we plan it to go, you know. And we have to accept it when it don't. So just remember that. The Lord will put somebody in front of you to help bring him to him in his timing, not yours. So we have to be open and willing and be able to accept that when it does happen. You know, people coming that have left the Lord... And we'll come back in lord's time, not your time you know i've I've learned that living sitting right here in this church, you know you pray for people and you pray for people and you pray for people and you're ready and you and and I'm going to promise you about the time you think the Lord's not listening to you, that person's going to walk through that door. I promise you it's happened to me time and time and time again, so just remember that in the lord's time. Things will blow your mind because he's got to have the credit, not you. Dear Lord in heaven, I come to you in Jesus' name, Lord. And Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to stand up here and speak about you and your time, in Lord. And Lord, I'm asking you to touch each and every single body that's here at this church, Lord. And I'm asking you to touch the ones that are watching by TV, watching by their phone, Lord, that are not able to make it in, Lord. And, Lord, I ask you to touch Miss Patricia, Lord. She called me today, was wanting to come, but she said she just couldn't make it, and she's asking for prayer, Lord. And, Lord, I'm just lifting her up right now, Lord. I ask you to touch her greatly, Lord. Touch her sight. Touch her health, Lord. Lord, I ask you to give her the ability to get back and forth to church, Lord, because she praised you all the way to church, and she praised you all the way back home today, Lord. And I ask you to touch her greatly, Lord. And, Lord, each and every single body here, Lord, I ask you to anoint the singing, Lord, like you've never done it before, to anoint the musicians, Lord, to touch the preaching here, Lord, and we just give you the grace or the the praise and the glory for everything you're doing. Amen.
1: sitting here getting tickled watching that baby sitting on that pew clapping them little hands praising the lord you know i think that right there is where you're supposed to raise your kids if you want to see them escape all the garbage going on in this world right there is the answer amen letting them and teach them how to praise the lord that blesses my soul to watch a little child do that jesus said forbid not the little children for such is the kingdom of heaven amen I remember one time we went to a, a church. Gosh, Michaela was a baby. She was about a year old. And they were having a, it was more like of a, a concert thing. A guy was coming to sing and play the piano and do praise and worship. And it was good. We got a lot of good songs. And we let her, um, she was out in the aisle just clapping. Michaela was clapping her hands and stomping around. And she, she rolled around on the floor, rolled a little flip on the floor. She wasn't hurt anything. And the preacher got up and walked back and picked her up and put her in her mom's arms. Said, you can't do that now i had a lot more patience than she did back then we didn't leave she probably would have but i said no just drop it let it go don't just forget it let it go and i mean he's a pastor too and he may see things different and just ignore it but you know i thought you know i could have got mad but i didn't but in a way that's i don't think it's right and i understand that you have to have an order in a service and stuff like that but what where's the line you know i don't know but You can't, don't ever stop them kids from praising the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're going to take up the offering. If you have something to give tonight, we thank you for helping us, for people watching through the Internet. We pray that you will continue to help us as you can, those of you here, and that God will bless you. Lord, we pray tonight that you have your way. We ask you to bless the offering. We ask you, Lord, that you would move, Lord, that you would speak to us, that you would touch us, God, that you would touch the people through the Internet tonight. And Lord, I pray God that you just have your way in here as we've come Lord to lift up the name of Jesus and to point to the way to you in everything that we say and do. We praise you and we thank you in Jesus name.
2: Hey! told me to sing well I can't just stand here and do my own thing cause I came on business for Just stand here and do my own thing. Cause I came on business for the King.
1: Amen. We hadn't heard that song in a while. Miss Grayson, and Karen was practicing early and she couldn't quite get it at first. I said, You gotta sing it more. Amen. The more you sing it, the easier it is. Amen. But it's always good to hear Karen sing because she sings from the heart. Amen. That's the only thing that matters. I remember a little Pentecostal church, that one we went to years ago, they had some people that were singing, and there was no anointing whatsoever on some of them. It was a competition. And then this one little old lady would get up just every once in a while, they let her sing. Remember, Roger, Miss yeah. Evie. And I mean, that little woman, she was Pentecostal, as she could be, and she didn't sound very good, but she'd get to sing, and, I boy, she'd throw that head back. And I mean, the Spirit of God would come on her, she'd start singing, and you could feel the Holy Spirit, and you could sense others just, it it was like, what's she doing? You know, it's just, the church ain't got no sense today. (laughs) They don't know what's anointed and what's not. And, you know, many times that's the kind of people that God delights in using, Amen, it's not about having the most beautiful voice, or you know, it's the anointing. Amen. I mean, it's doing it from the heart, and that's how that woman, she would do it from the heart. And man, I mean, the Lord would move in those services. Tonight, we're going to go to First Thessalonians chapter 4. Uh, you might have an idea what I'm going to be ministering on tonight. You know, I, I, uh, the Lord gave me, I feel like this, this morning, what He gave me, And I did not, had not really had anything for tonight. And I was, I was on the uh, uh, internet this morning. I was posting something or whatever on Facebook. And sometimes I see news feeds, see some things that others say. And it popped up. Um, I saw what this brother from, we know from Baton Rouge who goes to camp meeting. he, uh, He had posted this. And I very rarely, like I said, look at stuff. He posted this. And I sat there and I read it. And I mean, it hit me, it just hit me and ran all over me. He said, I have been playing a song all week that has been in my spirit, the midnight cry. And I mean, the Spirit of God began to run run over me, to touch me. And I knew then because I kind of had this in my spirit to preach on the rapture. And when I read that, I instantly, it was like the Lord said, that's what I want you to preach on. I want you to preach on. Tonight, the rapture, First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse, uh, I want to start reading at verse 15. The Bible says, For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, it's the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself, Jesus, shall descend from heaven with a shout, Heaven is Pentecostal. Jesus is Pentecostal. I don't care if you like it or not. He is. With a shout. Is anybody ready for the shout? (laughs) Is anybody ready for that noise? Shall descend from heaven with a shout. And with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And I like this last verse. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. You talk about comfort. Knowing what's coming for us. We got something to look forward to let's pray lord we thank you tonight for your word I thank you lord for your spirit i thank you lord that your word is true it's righteous it's holy you mean what you say and we can't put a time limit on it we don't know but you do know and lord we know that we're in the last days we believe that we know that we're in the last of the last days And we know that your word is true and we believe it, Lord, whether we see it right now or later on or whenever, we believe your word. And, Lord, we ask you tonight that you would touch everybody, that you move through the camera. If there's people watching tonight that are lost, I pray you convict them. If they're backslidden, pull them back in where they need to be so that they do not miss it when you come, Lord. Lord, help us, God not to ever become lukewarm. Help us not to fall back. Help us not to go back, but help us to keep our eyes on Jesus and to wait and watch for what is about to take place. And Lord, we thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Um, to, I want to say some things before I get into the events about the rapture, things that the Apostle Paul said leading up to this. Of course, we know that The Lord gave the Apostle Paul this insight as he gave him many other insights concerning doctrines, you know, of the church. And this is one of them. The rapture of the church is something that the Lord revealed to Paul by the Holy Spirit. And that's why he wrote these things. Because people had this misconception or this idea that if you, you know, when you just die, you just die. You know, and there's no hope. It's all, you know, when you die, poof. You know, you you won't be tormented. You won't. There won't be any punishment and suffering and things like that. You know, you are or you you know the idea. Of you well, you 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 you'll be reincarnated. You can come back as a cow. <laughs> what a sad state. And it's sad that people really believe stuff like that. But you know, and and whatever uh, is of the Lord and of the Word that's true, Satan always has. I'll never forget what Miss Grace preached at that time. That counterfeit, because he's a good counterfeiter. I mean, he comes real close, <laughs> so close that many of God's people believe him. They believe that what is of the devil is actually of the Lord, and that's called deception. But, you know, the Word of God straightens everything out. Whatever you're confused about, this right here will straighten it out. Go to the Word, not the world. Go to the Word, not the Facebook. Go to the Word, not to the dictionary. Go to the Word. But when he opened or he said the things that he said, I want to go back to chapter 4, the earlier verses of the beginning, really, to set the stage to go into what he said about the rapture. He said, furthermore... Then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as you have received of us, how you ought to walk and to please God, so that you would abound more and more. That's you see, God is more concerned about our life, how we live, how and our growth in Him keeping our heart right, stand on the right path than anything else. The rapture is important, but making sure your heart is right, making sure your lifestyle is right is more important because if it ain't, you can miss the rapture. And I believe that's why the Holy Spirit impressed him to say these things because these things he said are are prior to what he would go into about the rapture and and uh, us going to be with the lord he said for you know what commandments that we gave you by the lord jesus you know the word the that we gave to you. You know the things that we preached to you. We told you things that the Lord Jesus said. We gave you things that are from Scripture, that are from the Holy Spirit. He said, this is the will of God, even your sanctification. The Lord is concerned about our sanctification. I remember when we first got saved, that big long word, sanctification. I was hungry. I so wanted to know, what does that mean? And I found out it means to be set apart to be different to be set apart for God to work in you, just to be set apart so the Lord Jesus can have his will in your you set yourself apart you're you're different from the world you're living a new life and you are now set apart so that God can do his will in our life. And what is his will, number one? He wants to change us. He wants to clean us. He wants to make sure that we're on the right path so that we know how to live this life while we're here. So he's concerned about our sanctification. He said, this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you abstain from fornication. Hmm. Why is he saying all these things prior to going into the events of the rapture. you got to think about that. Because the Lord wants His people to live right. He wants our heart to be... We're in the world, but we ain't of the world. We're in the world. Sometimes we get tainted by the world, don't we? The garbage of the world rubs off on us at times. We have to deal with things. We have to put up with things. But even though those things happen, we can still keep ourselves pure. We can stay holy. We can stay consecrated to the Lord as long as we stay in Jesus Christ by faith and surrender to Him. Then he said we should abstain from fornication. That's all types of uncleanness. Not talking about just adultery, things like that, sexual immorality. It includes that but it covers all types of things that can be labeled as filthy according to the word. He said that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification. There's that word again. In sanctification and honor. Not in the lust of concupiscence. We're different. We are... We. Don't live the way we used to live. Is anybody here tonight? Is anybody watching tonight? If you call yourself a Christian, if you say you know Jesus, this is God's will that you learn how to be sanctified, that you abstain from that which is evil and you learn how to possess your vessel in sanctification and in honor... Not in the lust of the flesh. That's being dominated by sinful passions. That's what we were before we came to the Lord. And he says, you know, now, we don't live like that. If you possess your vessel right, if you understand that Jesus not only died to save you, but to deliver you from the bondage and the powers Of darkness, then you are able to walk this life out and live not perfect, but to live free from sin so that it does not have dominion over you. Okay. So if it's not possible for a Christian to fall back into sin, why is he saying this? If it's not possible for a Christian to backslide, then why is he saying these things? Because it is possible. If it's not, if it's not possible for you to miss heaven, why is he saying these things? Because everybody ain't going in the rapture. Everybody ain't leaving when Jesus comes. But those who are in Christ, <laughs> those who know him, those who are, or let's say it like this, they're doing their best to live for him. Okay? Let me just make it a little simple. Even people who don't know the message of the cross for sanctification, they still have the Holy Spirit and He's there to be a teacher. And in the things they don't know, they still have conviction. They still know that Jesus is the Savior, even though they may be struggling and missing it in areas. But if they believe in Jesus Christ, they are in Christ and the Holy Spirit will convict them when they do wrong. <laughs> he does all believers. I heard Brother Swagger say the other day he mentioned over one of the programs about somebody's, uh, complaining about people having deathbed confessions. Well, God let people come into heaven that has a, a deathbed confession and he said any kind of repentance. God will accept. <laughs> Don't have to be on a bed, deathbed, any kind of repentance. The thief on the cross. We'll mention more of that here in a few minutes maybe. Not in the lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles, what? Who don't know God. Now, we got a few of us in here tonight. We can all testify that we were all Gentiles. Well, we're changed now. We're still Gentiles in a in a sense, but we are spiritual children of God. We're not Jews. We're Gentiles in the eyes, you know, biblically speaking, you might say. But before we were saved, we were Gentiles dominated by sin. We didn't care about the things we did. You didn't care about some of the sins you committed. Matter of fact, sometimes we gloated in them. Y'all hear tonight? We gloated in them. We were proud of some of the things we did that God says is evil, it's wicked, it's wrong. And he says, now we don't live like that. You don't live like the people you work with. You don't talk like the people, some of them that you work with. You don't use a bunch of foul mouth language You know, the Bible has some things to say about language, communication, things that come out of the mouth. And I understand here again, sometimes we Christians, in the heat of the moment, something can happen, the wrong thing can come out of your mouth, but you are going to be convicted and you're going to say, Oh, Lord, forgive me. I'm sorry I said that. Please help me, Lord, not to do that again. That's the response of somebody who loves the Lord and understands conviction. But you will not, you won't, you can't use filthy language on a regular basis. you can't can't happen because this vessel has been cleaned out. your your vocabulary changes. the way you talk, the way you used to talk compared to now aren't you glad for what the Lord? has done as the song says I look back over my life and I think things over I can surely say I got a testimony because of what the Lord has done the changes that he's making and look the changes that he is continuing to make because we have not arrived we're still being changed and everybody in the church tonight that can say I'm still being changed And I want God to change me. I don't want to stay the same. I I, I love the Lord. I feel like I'm close to Him. I want to be closer. But I don't want to stay the same because there's still more things that God wants to do in my heart. There's greater things He wants to do in us. And so for Him to do that, we got to understand that this vessel is set apart for Him to work in. So we cannot act like the world. We can't be like them because the gentiles that's the way that they live that no man verse 6 it said that no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter man the bible I'll tell you something these people that are hung up on 10 commandments <laughs> you need to read the rest of the book because there's things in here that that are detailed That's from the Lord, from the Spirit that tells us about things that we shouldn't, we shouldn't do. And when we read these things, we shouldn't get mad. We should say, we ought to say, Lord, help me. Help me to do that, Help me not to be like that. That you don't go beyond and defraud your brother in any matter. Because the Lord, look, the Lord is what? He is the avenger of all sorts. That means... If, if, if we claim to be Christians and we're defrauding people, we're lying to people, we're, we're scamming, and we're, we're not what we say we are, and we do wrong to people, we purposely do wrong, do you know what's going to happen to you? The Lord is the avenger. That means God will get you back. <laughs> what you sow, you reap. Sowing and reaping is a spiritual law. So if you're so angry and hostility and and, and you're lying and you're gossiping on people when it comes back to you, don't be shocked because in some way or another it happens. the Lord is the avenger of all such as we also look have forewarned you and testified he's warned them about these things he's told them before, and people say we don't need to hear the word again. <laughs> But Paul said some of the same things over and over. The apostles, they said things, they repeated things at times because they know how we human beings are, even godly men and women of God. And he said, For God has not called us to uncleanliness, but unto holiness. Do you want to be holy? I'm, I'm sure you do. And I do too. But that holiness, it ain't my holiness. I I can't make myself holy by what I do. I surrender myself to Jesus Christ and let him do the work. And he's the one who makes us holy. He's the one that makes the change in us. He's called us not to uncleanliness, but to holiness, holiness. And here's a, the next verse says this. I want to read this because for all the people out there that says ye just preaching law, ye shouldn't be saying stuff like, I want you to hear this. He therefore that despises, he's talking about the things he said, despises not man but God. If you despise the things that are said from the word of God, you ain't got a problem with the preacher you got a problem with God. He despises not man, but God who has also given unto us His Holy Spirit. We got the Holy Spirit. He convicts us. He guides us. He leads us and, and He, He ain't going to allow you to believe something that's wrong. He don't want you to go there. He wants you to stay on the straight now. But if for any reason somebody Bucks up against the word of God. It ain't the word. It ain't the preacher. It's God that you're despising. I don't, it don't matter what part of the world it, it, it is. If it's in here, if it's true, if it's right, and you say, well, I don't believe that. You're despising God. People don't seem to get that because so many people are knocking the truth. Knocking the word when it's preached at times by those who preach the truth. They get accused of all kind of things. I've heard Brother Larson say this, maybe it was 10 years ago or a little longer. He said, the day is coming when those of us who preach the truth, who preach the message of the cross, get ready. You're going to be accused of preaching law. You're going to be accused of being judgmental. You're going to be accused of not going along with everybody," he said. "The time is coming. Well, it's here. It's here. So if you pray, if you according to some, if, if if what I just said, telling you what the word says, and telling you that there's things that the Bible says you abstain from, that they'll say he's preaching long because he's not telling you how to do it. Are you joking? Are you kidding me? We give the answer all the time through Jesus Christ, through His death and resurrection, through His sacrifice. And we don't have to say the cross every time we preach. We don't have to preach a message on sanctification every time we preach. If you believe that, you're missing it. You're not understanding it. Everything is built upon what Jesus did. So if I... If we have a true understanding of the cross, we're not limited just to preach on that one subject. It opens the way to explain many other things from the Word of God, to to deal with other subjects. But you have those who think, well, there's no need for another subject. It's the cross, the cross, the cross, and only the cross. That's not true. As I said, the Apostle Paul, God gave him revelations. He gave him understanding of things and he didn't. He, if Paul, if the apostle Paul were here today and he could take a look out into this church world that we have, I wonder what he would think. Because people have taken this message and perverted it, they have twisted it, they've turned it into law. They say, if you don't say it like this, if you don't preach it all the time, and da da da, and they're making a law themselves and they're in bondage. The Word is the Word. And sometimes, you know, you just need to read it and take it for what it says. And quit trying to read into it what you want to read into it. That's not there. Hello? As my wife said, that preacher on television a week or so ago, Mike Murdoch, some of y'all know who he is. If you don't, don't worry. You don't need to. Don't even waste your time because every... I don't watch him, but I used to turn on the watch because I would hear people mention about him. So I thought, you know, I hear people talk about it. I want to see for myself. Well, sure enough, that's all his message is about. It's money, 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 money. Get rich, get rich. Pay your house off, pay your car, pay this off, pay that off. It's, it's money. And he said, and they, some of them people say, I can pull out prosperity out of every book of the Bible. You see? Reading into it what they want to read into it. That's not true. That's false. And the Lord does want to prosper us. He said he did. I wish above all that you prosper and be in health even as your soul does prosper. But the emphasis has to be upon the soul prospering. That's what this is on. Holiness. Living right. And if anybody despises the word of God, you're not despising uh, you know, a man, you're despising. If you, you, you don't want to hear what the word says, you're despising the Lord. He's the one who has given us his spirit. And if his spirit lives in you, then the Holy Spirit's going to witness to you that this is the truth. And the other things that he said, I'm not going to go into. I want to speed up and go forward because I don't want to be here all night. I know everybody wants to go home at some time. Or somebody said, I just like, no, I just like to go on and go up. <laughs> i like to go up before I went home. Verse 13, I'm going to go ahead and move ahead. Paul said, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. I've said this many times. Others have said it, you know, but, you know, we still need to be reminded of it. The world, when the people of the world lose a loved one, they never seem to get over it. Do they? They never seem to get beyond it. It's all there's always a constant remembrance, the the pain, the hurt, the and the, the um not knowing the future, not knowing because they're lost without God, they don't have any hope of ever seeing that person again. So it causes continual sorrow. But, but, but you see, that's because the person is lost without Jesus Christ. When you're lost without Jesus, you don't have any hope. There's no hope of a future. There's no hope of seeing your loved ones. There, there is no hope because Jesus Christ is the hope of glory. He is. But he said, I, don't, I want you to sorrow not as even as others which have no hope. Now, we all sorrow when we lose somebody, don't we? I sorrowed when my mother passed away. I did. It, it hurt. I didn't like it. I, but you know what? I had to accept the fact that it was God's will, even though there were people around me being stupid concerning her death and thinking that she should just stay hooked up to a machine and suffer and be a vegetable. Don't want to go there. (laughs) About ready to start throwing people out of the hospital. Take a stick to some people. But you see, people that are ignorant of God's word, God's will. And I knew it was God's will because the Lord already showed me that week. He showed me. And I let go. I said, okay, I understand what you're showing me now, Lord. And I know what you want me to do as bad as I hated to do it to go to be the one to lead people in prayer in my mother's room, tell them to take her off the machine and let her go on to glory. And she did. Yep. And you know what? There was pain for a time. There, were, it, it hurt to, to see her. But over time, because I know where she is, I don't sit around moaning about it. I don't sit around groaning about... I told somebody a while back... My wife said... I don't even remember the last time... Now that I've even thought about my mother... That's evidence... That God is moving... God is working... God is getting us beyond these things... Well you must not care... You're crazy... Yes I care about her... But she's gone... And ain't nobody bringing her back... And she don't want me to sit down here... And moan and groan... I've heard her say it many times... Don't sit around moan... You go on... And you live your life... Look you live for the Lord... Because when I'm gone, I'm going to be with Jesus. I'm going to be in heaven. They don't want to come back here, folks. And why would anybody want to bring... Why would you want to come back? After you've had a glimpse of glory, praise God. But he said, I don't want you to be ignorant. Don't be ignorant of concerning them that are asleep. Those that have went on to be with the Lord as those who have no hope. They have no hope, but you see, we have hope that we will see them again. Right. We were talking about little Ralph, and I said, oh, "I miss that little fella." Lisa said, "We do too." I I, I, I like having somebody around my height. <laughs> I missed that little man. He'd be down here, down at this front, on his knees praying at times, and and you could tell. I mean, he was praying. He loved the Lord. He, yeah, I've seen that little man many times at the end of a service when we were done and over with. Just sitting there, shaking and speaking in in tongues. And I said, "Oh, praise the Lord!" You see, I love stuff like that. But they know they're going to see him again. You know. You're going to see your mama again. You know you're going to see your family again. We know. But you see, the world, they don't. They have no hope. We have hope. And here's why we have hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again. There it is. If we believe that Jesus died And rose again, even though, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. The first thing said, the first qualification is that if we believe that Jesus Christ died and he's not dead, he's alive. And because He lives, we shall live also. Because He was raised up from the dead, we are going to be raised up from the dead. So we, I preached this in Africa. And I'm going to tell you what, they cut loose, buddy. When you preach this in Africa, the Holy Ghost gets to moving and people get excited whether they understand it or not because they feel the power in the fact that Jesus Christ is a Son of God. And because He died and rose up from the dead, we have hope. If we believe it, Even so will them that sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. They're not it's not so sleep. He's talking about when he says, even though them which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him, he's talking about like the people I just mentioned, my mom, your mom, Ralph, whoever. Those souls and spirits that have gone on to be with the Lord, the bodies in the ground, wherever the body is, who cares where the body is? Don't matter because you're getting a new one. (laughs) A new one is coming. And he said, them which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Now, let me try to explain some of that. Those that sleep in Jesus, he said God is going to bring them with him. Where are they? If God's bringing them with him, where are they? Paul said to be absent from the body is to be present with who? The Lord. So that's proof. And not only that, in Luke chapter 16, we, you know, the story of the rich man and Lazarus, who the Bible says that they both died and this was before the cross when they died that the rich man lift up in his eyes in hell and he was in torment. He could see, he could feel, he could sense things and it said the rich man, Lazarus, the poor beggar who didn't have a dime to his name but his heart was right with the Lord. When he died... He was taken by the angels of God into where paradise, not the burning side of hell, but the comfort inside to Abraham's bosom. Amen. He was taken there where he was comforted while the rich man was tormented because he rejected God while he lived. And the poor man is in paradise being comforted awaiting jesus christ to die on the cross to take them from there look and this has a lot to do also with order here's another one just as jesus said to the thief on the cross today you shall be with me in paradise with who the lord So when Paul says them which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him, that's the people he's talking about. But you see, now, when you die, your soul and spirit don't go down to paradise in the heart of the earth, but it goes up to heaven. Put up Ephesians 4, 8 through 10 back there if you will real quick. I want to prove another point to just to prove something for people that are watching, maybe you don't understand some of this because you'd be surprised at the people who do not understand any of this. And it's because of false teaching in a, lot, in a lot of cases. Wherefore, Paul said, he said, when he ascended up on high, talking about Jesus, when he died on the cross, he led captivity captive. You know what that means? He took, When he died on the cross, remember the Bible says that he went into the heart of the earth and he led those, he took those that were captive. Who, how were they captive? They were captives, they were held in the comfort inside of paradise because Jesus Christ had not yet been crucified and raised from the dead. Now, they weren't tormented. They were living in comfort, but they were not in their final destination. But when Jesus died, the Bible tells us he went down, he descended. Look, He uh, uh, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and he gave gifts unto men. Go to verse 9 now and look at this. Now he that ascended, what is it but also he that descended first into the lower parts of the earth, paradise. Next verse. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all the heavens that he might fill all things and my conclusion from this and other scriptures that i could bring out i don't i don't i didn't put together is that he according to the bible jesus went down into paradise and he liberated every single saint from the beginning of time whose trust was in god who believed the lord who trusted him Even if they didn't understand everything, they gave their heart to him. They did their best to live for him. They died in faith. And every single one of them, including the thief on the cross at the last minute, was taken from paradise and ascended up on high. Now, in heaven is where those souls and spirits are. Okay? Does that not make sense? If, 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 if that's the truth, and I believe that it is, then that's what Paul meant when he said, even those who sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. He's bringing somebody with him. Okay, listen. He said, uh, them which uh, sleep will God bring with him, but he said, for this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain. Who's that? If we're here, that's us. Every born again saint that is here on this earth who believes in Jesus Christ, when the Lord Jesus Christ comes, he said this, that, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord, we shall not prevent them that are asleep. God has an order. And the order is that, look, when these, this event takes place, God is going to supernaturally do some things that's going to blow the world's minds, and maybe even us. And he said that he said this that that um, I mean I don't want to go too fast to this that we shall not prevent them which are asleep. Okay, for the Lord Himself, Jesus. Shall descend. There's the one ascended. Shall descend. He's coming down. He's coming back. Not the second coming when he sets feet on the earth. This is the rapture. He he's not coming to set foot on the earth. According to the scripture, he's coming down out of heaven, just below the atmosphere, in the below the clouds. And something supernatural is going to happen. People say, yeah, 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 y'all been saying that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you won't be laughing when we're gone. Well, some people will still be mocking. They'll still be stupid. They'll still make excuses. They'll say they were abducted by aliens. That's what CNN will say. That's what fake news will say. They won't be able to explain it. They can't explain it. It's hard for even a lot of Christians to understand it. But I believe it's going to happen because the Lord Himself is going to descend from heaven. That means Jesus Christ is coming back. He is coming for His children. Hello, that means we're not going to be here forever. He's coming back to this earth to take His children out of here and take us to heaven. And we know that when that happens, events are going to transpire in this earth. Tribulation is going to come. Hell is going to come. Problems are going to come like this world has never seen. But I believe that the Word says God has not appointed us unto wrath but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't have to stay here and suffer for anything because Jesus already suffered for me and I believe because he did he's coming back he the Lord Jesus himself imagine think about it right now Jesus coming down out of the sky and you hear a loud sound you hear the loudest trumpet you ever heard in your life and a noise I hope the whole world hears this trumpet because somebody better wake up because it's coming and it's coming soon. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. With the voice of an archangel. Believe that it may be Michael. The archangel. Two of the archangels. Michael and Gabriel. I don't care which one it is. Just come on. (laughs) With the Shout the voice of an archangel and with the trump of God. God, I told him in Africa, I said, God has a special trumpet set aside for himself and it's going to be blown from heaven (laughs) and Christians better be listening for that sound because it's going to blow. A noise is coming. A sound is coming. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Yep. The dead, okay, now we go back to this order. Who's the dead in Christ? Those that I've mentioned, some of our family, up up until whenever, every single person who died believing in Jesus Christ, the body's in the ground, body's in wherever, the cemetery, maybe it's ashes sprinkled over the ocean, wherever it is. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Now, what does that mean? Okay, the soul and spirits with the Lord. Remember he says, he said them that sleep in Jesus are, he's going to bring with him. But now this says the dead in Christ are going to rise. So what does that say? That says the soul and spirits there, the body's here. Okay, but here's the reason for that because that body that we once possessed, Wherever it is, when that trumpet sounds, they're dead in Christ, those who have went on first. God is going to raise them up out of the ground, the body's coming up, the soul and spirit is coming with Him. <laughs> and there, there's going to be a reunion, but before that that body as somewhere between here and there. Let's just say it like that. Whatever that body used to be, it ain't going to be anymore. We're going to get a glorified body. Hey, you know what I was thinking about today? You might be in the shower. You might be driving down. Don't worry. Don't, your birthday suit won't be showing. You're going to have on a robe of righteousness. <laughs> We don't know where we'll be. We don't know what you'll be doing. But imagine, it, look, it's going to happen. You could be, could be laying in the bed sleeping tonight and boom, 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 And boom. But the dead in Christ, somebody once said that's the Baptist. <laughs> I'm teasing. Could be a lot of Pentecostals too because some of them are dead. The dead in Christ are going to rise first, then, then look, we, which are alive and remain here, that are here. It just simply means God has an order. They first, us next, but we're all going at the same time. We're all going at the same time. And it says, the dead in Christ shall rise first and we which are Alive and remain shall be. Here's this word people got a problem with. Caught up. That word literally means to be snatched away. To be plucked out. To seize. You know, we don't have any say in the matter. (laughs) This is the way it's going to be. We're getting caught up. Brother, you better learn how to get caught up now. (laughs) Because there's a catching away coming. There's a meeting in the air coming. There's a Pentecostal meeting coming for the rest of eternity like you ain't never seen in your life. We're going to be gathered around the throne. We're going to have on white robes. We're going to be casting our crowns before His feet. We're going to be praising the King of kings. We're going to walk on streets of gold. You're going to have a mansion like you ain't never seen in your life. And you ain't going to be concerned about it. No more vacuuming the floors. <laughs> no more listening to your boss cuss you out. Out, no more backaches, no more heartaches, no more pain, no more sin, no more devil, no more threat of rain or snow. But praise God, you're going to live in a perfect environment forever and ever. And I say, Lord, take us on! Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. The dead in Christ. Shall rise and we which are alive and remain. Somebody say, you really believe that? (laughs) You better know I do. I believed a lot of stupid stuff before I got saved. I'm believing reality now. I believe the word. I don't understand, I don't have to understand it all. I just need to believe it. Because there ain't a person in this place that can figure out every jot and tittle of this. Nobody can. Because it's beyond The natural mind's comprehension. But it's reality. Well, how can that happen? i tell you how. Because God is God and God can do anything. He can do it. And He's going to do it. We which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them. Them who? The dead in Christ. The ones the Lord's bringing with Him. And then if you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15... And you read that concerning the resurrection, and then where Paul explains about in more detail about this body and how it will be changed, then you can start putting it together better. And how and how he describes that in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we shall all be changed. We'll be caught up together with them in the clouds, going up. Going up, anybody ready for the ride? <laughs> going up to meet to meet together with Him in the clouds to to do what? Here's the emphasis: to meet, not Muhammad, not Buddha, not some false god. We're going to meet Jesus Christ in the air Amen. because He's coming for us. He's and again, everybody ain't going. If you're backsliding tonight, you better get into to chapter four, verse one and two, and let the Lord do some cleaning. You better make sure your vessel is right. You better make sure your heart is right, because you don't want to miss this. Because I want to tell you something: you can't live in sin. And think you're going to march through the pearly gates. It don't work like that. And you don't have to understand everything. You just have to submit and give your life to Jesus Christ. If you're not where you' to be, you just need to repent where you are and say, oh, Lord, forgive me and help me, Lord, to get my life in order because I don't want to miss heaven. Amen. I mean, that's really simple stuff, but it's so hard for people to do because Satan gets a hold on people like he did some of us before we ever got saved and we kept saying, i tomorrow. Maybe next year. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll straighten up later on. Having fun now. Only to find yourself missing heaven. And then you'll be in torment for all eternity. And he said, so shall we ever be with the Lord. That's the best part. We get to go and live with Jesus, God the Father, God the Son... And I believe the Holy Spirit going to be there. And we're going to live in a state like we can't comprehend. Every single child of God all over the world, all over Africa, Pakistan, Muslim nation, born-again Christians there, the jungle, I don't care where they are. When this happens, we're all going to meet the Lord in the air. And he said, wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Okay, going back to the beginning, he said, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning them which are asleep. I don't want you to live in sorrow, even as others who have no hope. And at the end, he says, comfort one another with these words. Jesus is your hope. Jesus is your hope. Without Jesus, you have no hope. I have hope that I will see some family members again. I know I will. But I'm not living to get to heaven to see my family members. I want to meet Jesus. (laughs) I want to see the one that pulled me out of hell. I want to see the one that broke the bondage of alcohol I want to see the one, my wife, that broke the bondage of crack cocaine. I want to see the one, praise God, that delivered me from the power of the devil. I want to see the one who's got the nail scars in his hands. Praise God. And I want to see him and I want to be with him and I want to live with him for the rest of my life. And ever since I gave my life to him, that's all I ever want and that's what I still want. I don't care if I have to be pushed in. I don't care if I got to drag in. I don't care if I got to be kicked in. Praise God. I'm going where the Lord is. I'm ready. I'm waiting. I'm watching. Let the devil do whatever he wants to do. We're coming to the end of time. This world is in chaos. You know, the thought came to me today. It seems like to me, I don't know about you, but God has been quiet the last few years. I don't know if anybody else has noticed or felt that, but I, I, that came to me that the Lord has just been kind of quiet the last few years. You're not seeing any big shakings. You're not seeing a lot of things happening that we've seen God do. And it's like He's, He's quiet. I don't know what he's thinking. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what he's planning. But I do believe this. And if the Bible is right, I know that it is. If the time frame is right, that's, I guess, the only thing we could probably question if we did. Acts chapter 2 says that in the last days, saith God, I'm going to pour out of my spirit upon all flesh and your son's. And your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions or whatnot. On my handmaidens will I pour out of my spirit. And I I believe that with everything like it is, and it seems like the Lord is quiet somewhat, I believe that he's going to do something before we leave here. I believe he is going to pour his spirit out. And it ain't going to be just for everybody to feel goosebumps. It's going to be to sweep conviction all over this world to get people ready to hear the gospel, to hear that sound, to prepare the hearts of people for that great harvest of souls that is coming before he comes back. I believe that. I really believe that he's going to do something. I've heard, you've heard Brother Swaggart tell that about that dream he had years ago of that, Was it a cotton field or whatever it was? We saw those huge combines going through the field. And there there wasn't enough of them or something like that. But the field, as far as he could see, was just white, white, white. And he said he believed the Lord was showing him that that's the harvest. And he's going to reap it before he comes. And you know what? We get to be a part of it. I want to see everybody... I can see, come to Jesus so that they don't miss heaven. That's the only reason I really want to stay here. How about you? I mean, we can't be all selfish, you know, just want to go to heaven because of me. We do got to think about other people. But there's a sound coming. We're going home. I asked my wife tonight to play that play this song. Miss Grace, you don't have to play. She said, praise the Lord, I get the rest. I asked her to play this song tonight as you stand to your feet. It's the song, The Midnight Cry. And I want you, here's what I want to do. If you have people you want to pray for, if you want to come to the front, whatever, I know we're looking forward to seeing Jesus, but we need to pray for God to put people under conviction so that we can take somebody with us because Jesus is coming. And as the song plays, if you want to come or right where you are, however you want to do it, I want you to just begin to think about it. Pray to concentrate on what's coming, but to think about others that they need to come with us. Praise God. And it's closer now than
2: it's ever been.
1: If you got people you need to pray for, you can come. Let me tell you, we can't be selfish, church. We need to ask God to get a hold of people, to get people ready for what's coming because Jesus is coming. The midnight cry. (laughs) Praise God. Thank you, Lord. We'll be going home. You're watching through that camera. If you're not ready, you need to make things right. He's coming, church. The dead in Christ are coming up. think about it. It's coming at the midnight cry. Thank you, Lord. Going home. We can see it all around us. Prophecies fulfilling. Praise God. And the signs of the time They're appearing all around us Praise God Thank you Lord And can almost hear Oh come on church, praise him tonight He's moving, he's touching people He's drawing people He's convicting people. There's a harvest coming. We're going home. Praise God. He's going to step out. He's going to say, come up here. Praise God. Praise God to meet Him in the end. We'll be quickly changed. Play it one more time. It's not very long. Play it again as we pray a few minutes. You're welcome to stay. If you want to go, you can. But we'll take a few minutes to praise the Lord before we leave.
3: We hope you were blessed by the live service from Family Worship Center in Athens, Tennessee. Our weekly services are Sunday at 10.30 a.m., Sunday at 5.30 p.m., and Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. Watch us live online at www.fwc-tn.com. You can also check us out on Facebook or YouTube. Family Worship Center is located at 250 County Road 378 in Athens, Tennessee. Send all correspondence to Family Worship Center, P.O. Box 118, Athens, Tennessee, 37303. For more information, you can call the church at 423 423- seven
1: four four zero seven seven four